Hi guys, this is Craig Fitzgibbon and you're listening to Talking with TK. G'day guys, welcome to episode 159 of Talking with TK. I'm your host Tristan Cannell. Back to the NRL today and one of my all-time favourite players. He's also making himself quite the name in the coaching ranks as well in none other than Craig Fitzgibbon. An absolute legend for both the Roosters and the Dragons. You know, Fitzy's going to share plenty of tales from his magnificent career. as state-of-the-art and one of the, he's one of the greats in, in my, my regards. He's a defensive genius. He's goal-kicking for a forward. When you think about how you know how tired they get during the games and things like that, his ability to just continue through fatigue and just continue to kick goals from the sideline, make huge breaks, all sorts of things, he's, a, he's an absolute leader and professional on the field. So really looking forward to sharing Fitzy's story with everyone. Big shout out to everyone that's left reviews of late, whether it's on Facebook or on your podcast app such as Apple. Really appreciate any podcasts, uh, reviews that are coming through. Definitely check out some of my staple mates at the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. You'll from funny to sports. I definitely do recommend the Batuta Advocate. Hello, sports. Dylan Friends and the Halfcast Podcast. There's some of my favourites there. Definitely catch up on some of the old episodes if you're, you're new to Talking with TK. Just have a look at www.talkingwithtk.com or hit up either Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll be able to go back and listen to, what, 158 episodes. So definitely check that out. My book, Talking with Champions, is out now. So pick up your copy at Dimmick's in-store or online. You can get it at Dimmick's Booktopia, Angus and Robertson. Perfect for a gift. It's pretty much 75 of my favorite interviews broken down into five or six of the best bits. It's really easy to read and people are getting a pretty big kick out of it. So I hope you guys can just support me, support the cause. It will definitely help me grow the show. So I really appreciate anyone that has purchased it. I say thank you. And anyone in the future that does it, I also say thank you. All right, guys, excited for today's episode. And I introduce... Craig Fitzgibbon. All right, guys. My special guest today is Craig Fitzgibbon. His Craig is a legend of the NRL. He played 263 first grade, debu- first grade games debuting at the Illawarra Steelers, but he also spent the majority of his time at the Sydney Roosters, and he won the grand final in 2002, which also saw him as the Clive Churchill medalist. He spent two years in England playing 44 games for Hull. What's impressive is his distinguished rep career, including eight te- 18 test matches for Australia, 11 start of origins for New South Wales. Post-footy, he's one of the integral parts of the Roosters as an assistant coach to Trent Robbo. Welcome to the podcast. Fitzy. Tristan, how are you, mate? Yeah, doing really well, man. Thanks for stopping by the show. No worries. First things first, I actually want to talk to you a little bit about coaching, only because like, I'm a massive Sharks fan, man, and... When I started watching footy, it was 1988, and your old man was in charge of the Sharkies. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like growing up as Alan Fitzgibbon's son, and were you a Sharkies supporter at the start? I was, obviously, um, from a young age. So it was at 82, 83, the Steelers joined the comp, yep. which was, um, yeah, my father was the inaugural coach there. So... Um, he had a couple of seasons there and then moved up to, uh, the Sharks. He had three years or four years, sorry, as Jack Gibson's assistant there. So, mm, that went unreal. Um, yeah, it was great. And then, um, three years as head coach. So seven years all up 
uh, at the Sharks for okay. him. So obviously that's a large portion of your childhood. Yep. So yeah, I was definitely, um, yeah, I always had a soft spot for Illawarra. That's where we lived and that's where we grew up. So Illawarra and, and Sharks, it's hard not to be influenced by uh, yeah. being around that setup, mate. Yeah. What was it like? Like, because I know back when your dad coached, you know, 88, they had Gavin Miller, they had E.T., Mark McGaw. Yeah. What were the boys like back in the sheds? Um, yeah, it's diff- definitely a different environment. I think that from memory, they were sponsored by, um, do you remember Powers? Yeah, the, the, the Powers Bitter Brewing, or the whatever. Beer, the Powers yeah, Bitter, yeah, 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 the beer company. So um, kegs of beer and cases of beer all throughout the sheds. Might have been, might even have been a few players still on the Siggies back then okay. after the game. Oh, for sure. Old school ice packs and, and an open door policy. Like there was people just pouring in and out of the sheds. Um, obviously, it's a different environment after a loss, but I was yeah. as a starry-eyed kid, you're just looking at what you would see as gladiators sitting there with cuts, bruises, ice packs, and beer. can of beer in there. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So I, I, we were good mates. All the, the other ball boys we had there was, um, uh, I think the, the head, the conditioner there was a guy called Mick Suter and his kids were the ball boys. So we were always okay. just you know, mucking around, kicking yeah, footies, yeah. go back straight back out on the field after the game, kick the footy around. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. So, mate, in terms of coaching, because when people finish their career, there's you know, there's a few different things you can get into. Obviously, coaching, media are the two most for footballers to get into, but obviously people go to business and all that sort of thing. Where the interest kind of to continue and pursue your coaching stuff come from? Um, look, to be perfectly honest with you, probably fear. Okay. Um, I had um, the hardest thing about coaching, I reckon, for players, there's not that many jobs, first of all. Mm. If you're going to be a coach, you're going to get sacked at some point. That's yeah. The hardest thing to do is actually admit you want to be a coach. Yeah. Like it, it's it might not be perceived as a cool position or anything like that, but it's it's a position of privilege. And as a as a senior player, the last couple of years you kinda end up nurturing and going to a sort of a coaching sort of mindset anyway, and you love yep. working with the young players and like a mentoring sort a of little role. Bit, yeah, 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 a little bit. It sort of ends up being coaching. You're just trying to pass on some knowledge and might have accrued or help them out in some way. And when you get yeah. a result out of a younger player that actually responds, it's I found it really uplifting, but I still didn't mm. want to admit that I wanted to be a coach. So I had two years at old. Yeah. And then um, when I come home, the first 12 months, I had almost a composite role with the Roosters that mm-hmm. ended up by the end of that year. It was like an ambassador sort of role. No, no. Like I, was, I was in with the coaching staff, definitely. But I had – um so um, at the time – I had a, a bit part role. Didn't know whether it was going to be in performance. Um, didn't know whether it was going to be like you know strength coaching or something okay. like that. And yeah, then, yeah. Or, or actually league coaching, but pretty pretty quickly early on. Brian Smith was the coach at the time. Yep. And um, he had himself, Matt Elliott, and his son Rowan Smith were the coaches. Okay. So yep. pretty quickly they took me on and um, let me fit in with those guys mm-hmm. and um, spent. Um, that 12 months, but my head was spinning. Like I was still. Yeah, I can't Am I doing this? Like, is this where I'm at? I got. Come home, retired, four kids. It was all like it's just sensory overload. Yeah. And then um, by the end of that season, uh, I just went like I've got I've got to get good at something real quick, or I won't have much. So um, that sort of made me finally commit to go. Okay, I want to I want to pursue coaching. And yep. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. Mate, you've got a few rings already, back to back. I joke all the time. I'm just rubbing off, running off uh, Robinson's coattails <laughs> at the moment. But no, we've we've done well. We've done really well. Like I mean, Robbo came in. I had 12 months there with Brian, and then Robbo came in the season after that. Yep. So that was the uh, super thankful for my uh, 12 months under um, those guys. I learned plenty with them. It was good. Mm. Didn't do as well as 
anyone would like to, you know, when a coach moves on. So it's a disappointing season for the club. But then um, obviously Trent come in the year after. We um, recruited Sonny. And um, that was the first, from that season on, I've been coaching the defence. Now this is our eighth season together, myself and Trent. So yep. we've done well in that time. But we're um, we're also fortunate to be at a club that, um, you know, it's a it's a really well established program. It's really well organised. It's um, you know, winning starts at the top, as they say, and we just yep. we don't have any of those um, external hiccups for us. So the footy's pure. It's pure. We focus on that, and yeah. um, it's been well. It's been going well so far. It's cool to see a little bit of a uh, because Craig Bellamy's had it. Like he's developed coaches underneath him at Melbourne and before him at Canberra, yep. when everyone kind of came under Tim Sheens. But now you guys. At the Roosters, you know, you've seen Adam O'Brien obviously move over to, to Newcastle. And, you know, you've been spoken about very, very highly about someone that could obviously coach at that next level as well. It's cool to kind of see that that Sydney crowd kind of building your own little thing. Like, not disciples, but Robbo's kind of guys are now kind of pushing into that first grade era too, you know? Yeah, he, it's probably a little bit... Um, I, I'd, it's, hard, it's, hard to, it's a hard question to answer where you want to go with coaching, right? But with, mm. with Trent, I'd say he's a really good... Really good teacher. Obviously, he's, it's no secret he's um, very intelligent and mm. he's got a super high footy IQ. So it's just a great environment to learn under. Yep. I'd say the number of coaches that have come through and moved on might have been either had previous experiences had coaching or were looking for that role straight away. Whereas I'm a little bit different. I'm sort of been there for so long and yep. and whether or not that that's an avenue I'm going down, I'm not sure. It, you know, change my mind from time to time. But it's a it's a good environment. Like we have a good environment and um, this season with Adam going to Newcastle, we just brought in uh, Nath Kalis, and so there's myself, Nath Kalis, and Kingy as the assistants. Okay. So it's a, was he at Warriors last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did the um, what are they the the Vulcans? I think they're okay. The reserve grade team. Um, yeah, and he's a development coach for them, so looking after the younger players and and um, whatnot. So he's been a good addition. And yep. it's, well, it's a good crew, you know. Like we're all we're good mates. We have a good time and loving your job and work mm. environments. I think it's key to doing well. Are you particularly? Are you doing? You're the defensive, right? You're yep. defensive coach, yeah. Yeah. Where have you kind of built your philosophy? Is this kind of still running down from like Trent Robbo's kind of thing, or is it just throughout your career, just little things? A um, bit of both. Where where, where we started with it. Um, to be honest, Jason Taylor was when when Trent got the job. JT was coaching the twenties, and yep. then obviously Trent put JT on to do the attack. And then mm-hmm. it was actually JT because I'd had twelve months just sort of hanging out with him when he was coaching the twenties and observing. He was the one that recommended me to Robbo, and the players um, sort of backed him up a little bit. So I've got to thank JT for actually getting the defence role okay. per se. But yeah. first thing what Robbo does do is um, I remember sitting down the first year, and he's like, okay. What's our defence going to look like? And I don't, well, that was the first I, question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so you got to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but no, we he had he had uh, a system in his mind that uh, um, I get up. I get asked this a little bit actually. I, I would say with Robbo's personality type and and how we've worked over that time is he's very much the architect and, and I'd be the builder for him, you know, okay. so yeah, yeah, yeah. have some own, like some, some principles and some philosophies you have of yourself. He, he completely lets you, um, rub that off on the team, but he's, he's into, he loves it. Like he loves okay. his defense, loves it. Yeah. 
loves his system, loves loves everything about it. So it was a good. He was a really good teacher for me because he'd been a defence coach before. Yep. So with me just starting, and and there were some areas where he just said, "Listen, you just go with it," and then other things where I needed I needed help. I needed a lot of help because you have, as a rookie coach, you have a lot of ideas, but you've got to make them. Um, like, make them something. Yeah. You gotta make you crystallize them. Yeah. So you gotta, they've got to become. You, you have a, a set of principles or ideas that you see when you watch footy, mm. but that's you can't just recreate that. Uh, you gotta actually, you gotta set it up. You gotta stage it. You gotta build them so they're ready to progress to next levels. And, and yeah, for sure. Up. So yep. to have Robo there and JT, who had plenty of experience by that time. I got a, I got a helping hand uh, to get up and running for sure. Like I needed help there. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it most pleasing because, like, the semi final before the, the GF, you know, you guys run at the pump against Melbourne for a good part of that second half, yeah. and your defensive effort was what really won you the game. Yeah. Grand final, the same thing. The Raiders were pressing you for so long in that second half, and you never budged. Now, that, because, like, you remember during the year you guys beat the Titans by like 60 or something? Like, it's all fanfare because they score a million tries. Yeah. So the defense just kind of gets shunned out. But. What was really like noticeable was how good your defence was in those last two games, and they literally won, that won, won you the premiership. Yeah, like you got you get. Um, we're super proud of it. Like we're, that's a that's not a that's not a an attitude type thing. I think it's easy to say defence is just an attitude. That's that's a culmination of a lot of work that's gone into that to mm-hmm. have um, season after season of it, and then. When it comes the extreme pressure, like super, super high end uh, pressure, there, that's got to be you got to have a, a an innate set of set, uh, set of trust amongst each other that's been built over time. It's not just, just yeah. attitude's going to get you a long way, but you how do you build that trust, Fitz? Oh, preparation. Yeah, um, preparation. Um, I, I would say connection amongst the group, and mm. and we've we just have a un. An, an unwavering set of belief if we do what we've prepared to do and we set out to do it together and work together that will it become something a little bit more you just got to get it done you just can't not do it yeah and um the belief that the guys have in in the in the system works and then like everyone has it you have it from time to time like you see it throughout the year you see some teams have some unbelievable defensive performances and yeah. repeat sets on their goal line like that the hardest ones to repeat Actually, you know, the middle field where just the ball's getting kicked over your head, the ball stays live, like the longer the ball stays live. Like there's yep. some really big efforts that people probably don't notice because it's – look, it's not it's not a fan favourite when you well, see the It's not the sexy, beauty. is it? It's not. No, nah, not at all. And that's cool, but it wins. But for the purists, the do? purists love it, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah, win, yeah. Want, 100%. So if you want to just not do it and keep everyone happy, well, you, you win – you win a large portion of your games, and but we we have this problem actually where we we can sometimes guilty of really running up a score, dropping our dropping our intensity, or dropping our standards and principles, and and and, mm. and then you end up thirty, thirty four, eighteen. Yeah, we're spewing like the boys are, and our boys are great. They they um they value it, they love it, and but you you can't solely rely on. Defense, you gotta, you gotta. We love the expression of footy, you know, like you gotta yep. get. Um, it's just we've got some players there, and everyone, every team's the same where they can do stuff you can't coach, like you can't mm. really, um, you know, the, the trust or the, the fearless attitude of Kiri or someone like that to take a short side on when, yeah, 
you know, when you, it's, yeah, there's just stuff you can't coach. So that's what footy's about. We love that. So we never try and cap the guys on that. But when there's, um, yeah, and the flip side of that is the more chance that we can keep that scoreboard down, the more creative those guys get, then you get a better product, don't you? So yeah. that's what we're trying to, yeah. How creative did you have to get? You know, the 2018 grand final with Cooper, when Cooper obviously had his shoulder injury and, like, literally if they ran it at him, like, he wasn't going to be able to make proper contact or anything like that. Like, how did you devise – what was the actual plan defensively now you look back at it? Did it kind of – obviously it worked out because you won, but were you happy with the, the way it kind of all unfolded? Yeah, I, I – this has happened a few times in years past where if if a half is only three players in off the sideline mm. – um, and if you have a set, say whenever there's a tap or a kickoff, do you notice the halves stand on the on the sideline more or less? They just yeah, put okay. themselves yeah, right yeah. of the play, so they do that, right? So realistically, there's not um, there's not a like a, if they can hold their gloves up and make their tackles. Mate, most halves you're trying to spot up a half wherever possible, or mm. make them make a decision, or like that's no secret. Every team's going to try and orchestrate a play because they're the smallest player on the team. That's so, right, and yeah. they're the key playmakers. So the more juice Work you take over. out of yep. them. They're under fatigue. The chances are they're going to make worse decisions. But that's orchestrating a play to get at someone. Yep. Now, if you want to orchestrate a game plan for a grand final on running all your sets, three players in from the sideline, down that field position, you're not really doing anything the rest of the team. Nah. In the middle of sets, you can't. Everyone goes, oh, you should have got a cronk, which is that's fine as a... That's not a balanced game plan at all. You you want to do that and leave our forwards off the hook and let them all fresh and tired and kick the ball back to us? Sure. Yeah. I feel off. And plus, he had good defenders. He had Orbo and he had Manu around him. Big guy, and everyone was tiny and hard from the inside. And the fact that Cooper's as tough as he is, the the one thing that you take away from it, mate, made his tackles. So Mm. they could have got at him, should, you know, whether they should have more. It's hard to do. They've had a season of a style of footy. A season of it that's got them to the grand final. Yeah, a season of footy, and then they, you know, we the team selection was um, held out of so for all intents and purposes. I don't know whether they knew he was going to play. I'm, I'm not sure, but you can't just rock up game night, throw out a season of footy, and go right. Oh, let's go, um, mm. let's go. This particular option. Could, they probably could have ran some more plays at him, but mm. there was a fair bit else going on in the game that they would have had to contend with because we were playing so well. Yeah. And the intensity of the game was it's a big pressure match and um, uh, we are playing so well across the board. I mm. think that probably... Do you remember when you when you found out the news that he was going to play? Like, how did that... It was that the day before? Was it, Were you guys first? I was like, no way. I'm going... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember sitting in there and he's come in, he's seen another specialist and he's had he's had these uh, injections put in a different area. And Have you right, needled right, before a game? Not in a shoulder blade that's in two pieces. Yeah. Like he's, he's just, I don't know how they do it. I've got Paddy Richards on yeah. tomorrow and remember he did it before yeah, a grand ankle, final with his ankle and I'm going, yeah. how do you, like, oh, a bone? Like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Over the, you know, I think it's changing for the better now. But we, over the course of your career, you have a ridiculous amount. Really, it depends on obviously where you're playing, whatever. But to the level of what Cooper did, mm. um, it's hard not to. You got you got to not just. Be, it's like a, sometimes everything has to be a competition. I reckon where they're trying to. This was the toughest. That was. A, yeah, yeah. You don't want to disrespect anyone else's 
um, incredible efforts. Like oh, Sean no Kenny Dow broke his jaw in 2013. Through the GF, yeah. 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 His teeth were hanging out. Blood was coming through his lips. So he just... Did he just refuse to come off? Didn't tell us at half time. Just shut his mouth. And really? Didn't talk, yeah. Um, like, you know, like Sam Burgess, John Sattler. Like, like, there would be, there would be some... Shane, Shane Webb, I think, come back from a broken arm. For yeah, he did. Remember he wore his... Yeah, that yeah. guard? So, it doesn't have to be a competition on... Like whose was the biggest effort? But I got to say, like what Cooper did was it was. That was balls. I can't believe he did it. I really can't. Even, I can't believe the injections worked enough for him to do it, or maybe they didn't. He just got it done. But whatever he did, we're thankful for it. Yeah, for sure. All right, let me take you back to being little fits now, running around Dapto. Yep. Did was because I know that you you started quite late rugby league. It was about nine ish, were you? Yeah. Yeah, Did you right. play soccer first? Because I'm just trying to work nah. out this great goal kicking where it's all come nah, from. No, not at all. You know, um. No, I just I had a mate I grew up with, um, and Grant Cadger, his name was. He was starting to play footy. We're in the under eight Bs. I just remember going to play footy, and we just used to go down the footy over with some uh, some okay. mates. And so you're in the, the Bs, mate. In the Bs, oh mate, I was just built like a stick. <laughs> Not much has changed over the time. But we, uh, no, we just really the goal kicking thing come out of. Um, Time before and after training, get to training early and okay. leave training late and just mucking around with our mates. Like we grew up uh, Canna Hooker, which is in Dapto. Yep. After school, we just everyone go down the school oval, mm. play footy, just footy all over, kick the ball around, and um, it stemmed from there. And then I never really got an opportunity in juniors. We had some good kickers, so I sort of just kept, I don't know why, I just kept practicing and practicing. Yep. And On the sand? Did you have the sand? I had sand. How good's the sand? Yeah, sand? Was yeah. the sand better than the tea? Uh, nah, it's too hard to get. Consistency, consistency yeah. yeah. Tees at the same place every time that the sand mound depends. Sand was the best. Can yeah. you remember like sitting on the hill, like wherever you were, and they bring out the sand for the the guy? Yeah, that was the best moment. That was what I actually lived for. Right, you know, the sand castle. Wrong, I tell you, I was a ball boy. So when you get it wrong enough for a dry pile, oh, you were so Steelers. Yeah, I was. Oh, the I Sharks was at too. Sharks, yeah. So yeah. Um, who kicked uh, well, back North then? North Sydney Oval had the sawdust. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it actually sawdust. What's North the sawdust Sydney. like? Um, it was, I'm not sure I kicked it. I think I might have been in the tee by the time it was okay. um, done. But JT was... So did any of the Sharkies guys give you a serve when... You, was oh, it? yeah, sometimes just for getting balls too late back onto the field, you know, when they kick for touches yeah. and all that. Sometimes you daydream and just <laughs> wander up down the sideline. I might have got a couple of um, sprays there. But, but T, give the ball back yeah, on, mate. Yeah, nothing drastic, though. Nah. Nice one. So you're in the the eight Bs coming through. Like, you know, you spoke about being a skinny but tall. Like, were you always a forward? Yeah, more or less. More yeah. or less second row, yeah. Yeah. Um, where does this work ethic come from? Because, you know, you're a noted for your wide, like, you're very good at hitting holes, but, you know, what people really remember you for is really your rock solid defense and your work ethics. Yeah, I probably, uh, I, I, when I, Come first, the first few years, uh, first grade, definitely wider, a wider player, and then um, sort of focus more on running lines and mm. a little bit less work. And then when I started going um, uh, going better, yeah, I just ended up, the work rate went up and then just found, I was always like really fit, I surfed growing up. Okay. And um, always trained really hard for some reason. I wasn't good as a junior though, I was definitely not, I was always soft, always okay. um, sort of... So you were, pre- you were identified pretty late in the whole, yeah, a bit whole late. part? Oh, yeah. Like, I just didn't develop physically either. Okay. Um, had a few real serious shoulder injuries at about like 17 or 18 or something. Okay. I just what, like reconstructions and yeah, that? Or? Yeah, like smashed, a, smashed my shoulder pretty bad. Um, 
uh, had a had a break in it, which I didn't realise, and I'd done okay. that surgery. I had a break behind it, had a bad shoulder blade, like a crack in it. I just didn't know. So yeah, then, yeah. Um, I was didn't so didn't have surgery, and then tried to play, and just was like I just was all over the shop. So mm. I didn't develop physically until a bit later. Okay, but um, uh, yeah, caught up a bit later there. Um, and then I, by the back end of the career, the work rate went up, and then yep. sort of navigated towards the middle more. Got they give you the number thirteen. You yeah, know, you know, yeah. you're done. You're going to be in the middle, right? Well, a little bit. I got a number ten for a while. I thought I was, I was going to get made extinct there. <laughs> number ten, too skinny to be in the front row, but um, it actually served a purpose for, um, for me from time to time. I'm playing some rep footy there. Yeah, yeah. But um, I've got to say, with the with the work rate thing, um, that actually ended up hurting me in the end. I think as a footy player. Okay. Like, yeah, I, it got me, got me. To where I wanted to get to, and mm. like the first half, so first half as I said, I was out wide, and when I come in the middle, I was got going, and the work rate come up. But I had two, I reckon I had two years there where I just fell in love. You get married to the stats, and I wasn't yeah, held by okay. my team. I felt like I got selfish, and yep. I felt like um, I felt like I just went into bit stat mode, and okay. I don't think I was effective at all. Um, so like you had to, you were saying before a game, like I had to make thirty-five tackles, I had to make fifteen. If I don't do that, I'm not a go. Yeah, yeah. Then what happened was I started getting criticised for it. So my response to getting criticised for that was to go work harder. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so you I kind of doubled my, up instead of... I'll go harder. Yeah, yeah. And then I had the two worst years of my career, and then I was just like, oh, like, what am I doing here? I just... So I went back to team first uh, sort of footy, hmm. you know, like working hard and supports and kick chase, all the efforts that probably don't go notice in a game on TV per se, but your team value them. And then, mate, sure enough, my footy improved again. I got back into the rep teams and, yeah. and sort of finished off playing some of the better footy I'd played in my career, but definitely rode off a couple of years because I was a work rate player <laughs> and I wasn't very effective, what do you think? Yeah, so 16s, 18s, did you play for the Steelers? Yep, yep. What was the kind of... Oh, six, 16s, no, seven, it was... Used to be, uh, do you remember the old 17s, 17, 19s, 19s, yeah, because they switched the yeah, ages around. Yeah, 17s, 19s, 21s, reserve grade. Yeah. And then. Who was in the teams back then? Oh, um. So, Timo was, I played SG ball with Timo and he was okay. more or less went straight into, um, first grade. Trent Barrett had come Is down. Is Sean Timmer still coaching? Uh, yeah, he's doing a recruitment role with the Dragons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, junior recruitment. I was wondering, because, yeah. but he was, was he in the system coaching in first grade? Was that something nah, else? No, he was doing junior coaching. Okay. But, um, I think he was helping out Matt Head with the- Ah, uh, Matt Head, that's probably who I'm team. thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Head, he was there. Because he's right in, he's a reserve grade coach somewhere, isn't he? Is he still yeah, a reserve grade coach? I think he's just left the Steelers now. Okay. But he was, yeah. They really regard him, but don't they? Yeah, yeah they did, yeah. Yeah. yeah so- um, Tim, I was helping him out. Uh, who else? Oh, Benny Hornby, okay. uh, Matty Cooper, yep. Luke Bailey. They were all they're a year younger than myself. They were all coming through. And then, um, but did Timo, you get to play Timo the same Trent, one? Uh, they were always a year younger. So I sort of went. Um, I had one year of seventies, one year of nineteens, yeah. one year of twenty ones, and then onwards. And then they were sort of the year behind me. The whole okay. But I played. Yeah, I did yeah. play alongside them a bit. Um, Baz was probably played a fair bit of junior footy with Trent. Um, but again, Trent and Timo jumped. Uh, more or less out in, I would say, 19s and then become regulars at first grade. Yeah. yeah. He was a freak, eh, Trent yeah, Barrett? Yeah, and Timo. Timo, Timo was – I think Timo played um, – he's oh, he would have been 17, 18, and he got thrown on against ET in the centres, I think. Oh, yeah, God. after backing up. Because he used to be able to back up. Yeah, yeah. 
play play junior grades, sit on the bench, and then I think he played twenty ones. That's a good old day. Yeah, and then sat on the bench, ended up playing first grade. Yeah, yeah. Probably in jersey number sixty five or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. The old, uh, old President's Cup, I think it was called. Cool. Yeah. Now, Fitzy, you made your debut in ninety eight, but before that, obviously, Super League happens. Like for you youngsters coming through, was did you get anything out of Super League at all? Yeah. Um, I signed a, um, a $10,000 um, ARL. I was stoked. I was stoked. <laughs> ARL. Did you buy a car? So, no, nah, what I had to do was I actually left because um, I was surfing. Right. I left school early, mm. I was 16, I think, and then um, I went to make wetsuits for Quicksilver. There's a wetsuit factory down home. Okay. So I was doing that, and I was only working like four days a week, and I was getting, you know, like 400 bucks. So I was stoked. Yeah, I was living fun. at home, so I had no overheads. I was just surfing, and then – I was casual work, so whenever they were out of work, I'd get a couple of weeks off and just yeah. go surfing. So then the ARL Super League split happens. So I had to sign a like because I was with the Steelers. They there was a few development contracts. I signed one of those for the yeah. ARL to be loyal. But then that meant I had to go to TAFE. I quit my job, go to TAFE in the mornings and do like a hospitality and management thing. Yeah. Wasn't my deal. No. <laughs> then I had to go to training for most of the day, and then at the end of training, I'd have to go and work at the leagues club um, after training that night, do like the afternoon shift. So Jesus, when you sleep, hauling, I was hauling, I was struggling. I was still working. When I was playing first grade. So yeah, wow, that was the the ARL time. But I was too young to get a a good deal. I think. Who do you remember that got a really good deal and they just rocked up in a Porsche or something oh. fancy? I don't know. I don't know. God, they must have made some money. Some of them. Oh, mate, yeah. it would have been some ching the, ching to the bank. Know, some of the top dogs, I think, got like at like life changing. No doubt, millions. Then, I reckon some yeah. of them would have been buying houses, and I think some of them actually. So I don't think they got their money straight away. Yeah. So I think some of them had to whack it on a credit card yeah. or take some some loans well, out I don't first. Know. But so you hear some of the figures, but. Good luck, Tom. I hope they do a doco oh, one day on it, you yeah, know, like a, they could. They you know, the could. 30 for 30 sort of thing. They did the, um, what was the cricket one where they, the, how's that? They did on the one yeah, yeah. series. They yep. should do something similar on the Super League for sure. Do you like the, like the ESPN 30 for 30s and all that sort um, of thing? Yeah, I watch a few of them. Yeah. Select, not all of them, but I select out which ones I want to watch and that. Um, It'd be cool if I'll they could do a couple of leaguey ones yeah. like that. Like, Yeah, definitely. But um, that would be a story because there's some, oh. like, some of the figures you, you would have heard and... Especially now, because most of the people like they like talking about it. They don't mind. Like yeah. back then, they're not. They're trying to keep it under hush. It's more money than like now, huh? Like I reckon the, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been very equivalent. Yeah, without having like a salary cap as no, well. I think so. Because um, I was, I remember I interviewed Bill Harrigan, and like they got not pretty much nothing for the top referees. Yeah, like right. and St. Greg's kids, the same day were getting like ten grand to stay, to stay loyal. Yeah, there was. Wasn't there? There's like seven and eight year contracts as well. Oh, huge! So like back ended. And you're 28 years old or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And so back in the day, a 35 year old player isn't and, like and those it is dollars now. are comparable to now. Like if not top top players. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, whether it was good for the game remains to be seen. Yeah. Maybe it was the change the game needed to have, but there was definitely a lull financially after that. <laughs> I can tell you. Um, I was sandwiched right in the middle of the dollars now and the dollars end, but that's okay. They are. <laughs> I'm happy for those players that got it. You really are, like, right place, right time, giving them, doing it. Especially, you know, the physicality and the mental, everything that happened. Yeah. You've got to make as much money as you can because yeah. you just don't know. And you do understand um, there's a bit of a uh, – you can see why the working class fan 
would get their nose out of joint when a high-played player's not behaving right or whatever. They get yeah. all righteous and that, which is, yeah, you can sort of understand why, but they um they just got right place, right time, and there's not too many people like that that's going to say, say no. Say no, are they? You can't. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Sure. Like, even um, Paul Ashtaler, what's he going to say? Oh, don't pay me a million dollars. Like, Yeah. Like, of course I'm going to get paid. worth whatever the club pays him. Exactly. Like, he doesn't... they gave him what's perceived to be too much money, then, but in... Like he is, he's probably an interesting case there. There must be more forces at play, which I wouldn't be able to comment on. But he's a he is a top talent and a top young oh, player. Absolutely. So, um, you do hope a player of that caliber on that money does get it right and does come good. And Justo's up there now, actually. Justin, yeah, uh, Holbrook. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. with us. So, yeah. if anyone's, he's a real good dude. Like really, and he's a halfback too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone's going to get him going, on Justo's, Justo's a good chance. Yeah, I think they're putting him up for the nines too. So hopefully that oh, yeah. might springboard yeah, right. him. You know what I mean? Like a bit of confidence, just like Sean. I think you put Sean Johnson up for the nines as well for the Sharks. Yeah, right. Oh, get a little good. bit of confidence in the yeah. nines, throwing the football around without too much. Yeah. Not, no one really wants to win. I know there's a million bucks on the line, but yeah. there's no expectations. If you lose, you lose, you know? No, nah, it's a good um, good hit out for them. And yeah, if that's what they need to co- get confident again and, mm. and whatever whatever their reasons behind playing them is, I'm not, maybe they're after the million dollars, I'm not sure. But yeah. you want to see those sorts of guys involved in the tournament. So if they get going, and it's mm. better for the for the tournament. Yeah. Now, Fitz, they threw you in the deep end for your debut. You, know, they, you had to debut against the Newcastle Knights who were coming off a premiership win. Yeah. John's brothers. At least you got to do it at Wollongong Showground, but I got a story for that. Yeah. So I actually woke up in the morning and I, I thought I was going to be on the bench, and um, I went surfing that morning. Okay. And um, I remember being sunburnt and I was a bit dehydrated and <laughs> I, I can't probably shouldn't mention what I ate. And I remember um, sitting in the stand before the game at the southern end of the uh, wind stadium, just yep. sun in my eyes going on. Just, I didn't just didn't feel like I'd prepared well enough. Only a quick surf, but still not not ideal NRL preparation. And um, Was it an Arvo game? It was like a two o'clock or something? Yeah, it was an early it was an Arvo game. Yeah. And yeah. I remember thinking, um I remember thinking, Oh, I'll be on the bench, I probably won't have to play that long. It's debut. Like how long <laughs> they really want me on there. Anyway, get the ground, I'm sitting in the stands just Chilling, just waiting to get ready. And Andrew Farrow comes up and just tapped me on the shoulder and said, um, you're starting, Brad Mackay's sick. Oh, no. Oh, just like shock, you know. So I'm like, oh, no, shit. Um, quickly got to the sheds, got myself ready and, um, yeah, just got out in the field. We actually, I think we might have scored first. We might have got up and running, but I remember my um, – you just want to – I remember thinking, mate, okay, if Paul Harrigan gets hold of me, like I'm – <laughs> I remember he hit me so hard across the chest, like he threw a like a, a, a hard shot, which I moved from, but it hit me across the chest so hard I saw stars, you know. Because he looked just the granite, like rock hard. They were they were. Mate, by the end of the game, they were they were scoring tries, and Robbie Davis was doing backflips, and the, <laughs> the, the John John's boys were yahooing and hooting. And did you were, believe you were there, but Fitz? No, like, it's good, unreal, like super, um, super privileged. Definitely wasn't ready for it. Definitely wasn't physically prepared for it as a person. I just wasn't strong enough for that level. But I do, I got confidence out of it that I enjoyed the experience versus yeah. um, and played played well enough to get. Um, I got a season out of it off the back of playing well yeah. enough then. So you know, but it wasn't. Um, I never prepared so poorly for a game again. Maybe it was a good thing, but like for you, especially your first one, you weren't thinking about it maybe too much. You know, you, you didn't uh, have. Maybe I was maybe I was, I was definitely shortcutting because I was on the bench, eh? 
but yeah, I didn't. It didn't prepare me for any games going forward. I was still terrified game days. I was man, I'm, the whole day just spent. What am I doing? Mm. I just I'd rather do anything other than play footy today. Yeah, that was, that was every game day for the rest of my career. Mate, Fitz, it's actually funny. Like that '98 season because you, Trent Barrett, have some water, man. Smash yeah. it out. You, Trent Barrett, like Luke Patton, you're all coming in. Like you guys played a pretty exciting brand of footy that that year. And I remember there's two games that I still remember like it was yesterday because I followed it so closely. The second last game you played Sharks in like the most atrocious conditions I've ever seen. I was meant to go to the game, but because it was so atrocious, Dad goes, look, we'll just watch it on TV. And you guys ended up, I think it was like 30 nil or something in atrocious conditions. Right. And the Sharks needed to win. So the Sharks losing, they didn't get to keep their own. They fell into like ninth or 10th or something. Mm-hmm. So they needed to have results go their way in the last round and win themselves. I think they beat Gold Coast or something in the last round. And then the last game came to the very last game of the season was you against Bulldogs. Yeah. And then you guys were ahead for all the game, and then Bulldogs ended up winning by one or something. Something. And that knocked Cronulla out. Yeah. So I still remember those two games like they were yesterday only because of, like, well, we didn't make the finals. You know, that that funny, because my father-in-law, who was obviously – at the time, we're supporting us, the Steelers, in the game, right? So we're mm. we're leading, and he's cheering, and everything's going good. What he didn't realise, he put on with a mate. They put on a multi for the scores that weekend. He, he didn't realise. Yeah. But it turns out, so when the Bulldogs had kicked that last field goal, yeah. he's like spewing and carrying on, whatever. But it turns out that that field goal won him and his mate 160 grand on a multi. It picked a, Holy so, I don't know shit. what betting. I don't know what betting it was. They won like... A, Astronomical amount of money. I think most well, first. I shouldn't say two of them. There was a group of them. Yeah, but they had a huge win. Off. <laughs> How do you collect that? You to check or something? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I've never asked him about it again. But I know there was a group, and they won heaps. Like there's 160 thousand on them. Like a. Can you maybe it's like that? a better pick the scores multi or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, probably a few games like all legs like, up. Yeah, parlay. They put or like hundred or two hundred bucks on it. Maybe it can yeah, make. Group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine what? I want to walk into the tab. Get like a bag, oh, hundred sixty yeah, yeah, grand. I know. I know. Fucking hell! Uh, All right, Fitz. So next season, mate, you got the merger. Yeah. Like, how tough was it? Because like you guys are still like relatively young. Like, mm. how did they work out who was going to go play for the merging team? And like, how was your reaction to the St George guys? Well, I don't know how they worked it out, but it, we had a. I just remember we had a meeting one day uh, in the old meeting room underneath the change rooms and just more or less said we're obviously we'd heard about the merger like you know, yeah. everyone heard about it and then um there was going to be 12 Steelers and 13 Dragons players to make the 25 yeah that's it if you're in the 12 you're in the 12 if you're not you play for the, the Steelers not okay. the Dragons so, yeah, yeah um fortunately I was one of the 12 but it was weird like it was just imagine you're all playing first grade with you. So half base, essentially, like... Well, your friends and stuff. Yeah, they're yeah. just more or less... The chances of playing first grade diminish, like, a lot. Yeah, because, man. So if you played all your junior for you, so you think SG Ball, Flag, 21s, like that we said before there, a lot of those guys were in and out of first grade or guys you grew up with haven't played first grade yet or whatever. Well, the chances of doing that were greatly diminished. Um, but... Uh, 
It's also exciting. There's a fear there that you, you feel sorry for your guys, mates that didn't get a start, but also yep. exciting to be one of the 12, and it's definitely a positive to get the players. A bit of expectation, but when they're literally building a super team, right? Like, yeah, it was a good team. Yeah, oh. a bloody good team. Yeah. Like, you were on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. your bench was stacked. Yep. Um, no, it was a good team. It, was, it, was, it had teething problems, I think, who's, you know, Looking back, but the players for the most part were um, pretty good. Like everyone got along good. I've got yeah. to say, um, you know, from um, or, or it was easy for the Illawarra guys. We, were, we we shared training times. Like most of the time, we were probably going to Cogra. Yep. It was Illawarra guys. We just carpooled up, and got to know everyone. Like, and footy players are generally pretty quick to feel comfortable, you know, surrounding each other yep. and. Some of the senior guys at Montatude, so like, you know, say I'm thinking Mary and Wishy, they would have known, they would have already known Mark Coyne. And, yeah, yeah, from and the rep stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was some senior guys there that helped break the ice. I thought, I remember being a young guy, Brownie, Nathan Brown and um, Corey Pearson were really good in particular. They okay. really worked hard at um, making it fit and getting, including, you know, they're very social guys and yep. they were getting everyone together. They did a really good job of trying to um, trying to make it a team environment. Okay. And I was yep. remember, I was only young, as you, as you know, but I remember, like, Brownie was always inclusive and, and I thank him for that. He made the experience a good one for, yeah. for us guys and, and welcoming. Yep. And he had that great hair too back yeah, then, yeah. before he started coaching, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How he feels. Mine was gone before that, though. <laughs> mate, what was it like to play with, like, natural talents like an Anthony Mundine and Nathan Blacklock? Yeah. Uh, like, you're, you know, you, you have a uh, – you start playing NRL, right? You're looking up to who's the stars of the game at that time. Now, I think Nathan's only a couple of years older than me, same as Chuck's mom at three or four years older than me, but you know who mm. they are and yeah. you know they're stars of the game. So – you see, you're almost intimidated by him a little bit, okay. like being a yeah. young country kid. I, mean, I, I just sort of grew up and dabbed up and going surfing, and then all of a sudden yeah, yeah. you're playing alongside these guys. Great to watch. Like Again, you know, I think at the start of the podcast, I was talking about this stuff they can do that you can't coach. Yeah, and okay, like, whether, just natural yeah, ability. Just yeah, just yeah. busting front flips and back flips <laughs> over tries and just balance and footwork and speed. And you know, Did they um, try to teach the boys back flips? Nah, nah, it's too dangerous. <laughs> too much explosive power for that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, so you definitely, um, when you, if, right, like now I look back and go, well, yeah, it was, it was pretty fortunate, really, like to be in a team like that. Mate, yeah. you broke my heart on that, the major semi final when you came back from 8 0. Just absolutely oh, pumped yeah. us. That, that yeah. performance, I still say by chalk, was one of the best yeah. sort of individual. Like, he just was in some sort of trance and, what he put yeah, on that day, like jumping over David Peachy and like... Did he do that? That's the one he did the forward somersault in the back corner, didn't he? Yeah, and then yeah. he was dancing in the corner yeah. and yeah, then everyone joined in and... Yeah. Yeah, that was a heartbreaking one. But uh, yeah. what, what was it like going to you? Because you're still very young at this stage. Like, yeah. you're in your second season of first grade. I was lucky to play then. Um, the, I was in the starting lineup for... Uh, I was supposed to play in a... I'm oh, not starting. I was in the Mel team to play in the semi at Melbourne. I'm okay. Wadey knocked on my door the night before and said, no, I'm not playing you tomorrow. Really? I was like, oh, shoot, like semi's time, you know, like sort of worked mm. my way back into the team and sort of getting a good steady run of footy and thought I was going all right. But then, yeah, I, I, I was obviously spewing. Like you just, yeah, it is what it is. You're not happy about that. You don't have to be, I don't think you have to be happy about it either. Yeah. But I understood it now when I look back, he went with the players that he – like he'd known and trusted. So I didn't yeah. play in the semi against Melbourne that we won down there. 
But then someone got hurt. I think it might have been Wardy might have hurt his shoulder. Wardy or Corey Pearson. Somebody did their shoulder. Mm. That got me the start to go back into the team for uh, on the bench for the Sharks game. So off so the back of the Sharks mate, game, yeah. yeah, I got into the, the grand final team off the back of that. Yeah. How was yeah. the first week? Of, like, because this is your first grand final. Mm-hmm. Like, for a young bloke, what was it like? Like, did the senior? Because I don't think anyone had played in a grand final, right? Like, what was the kind yeah. of mentality going? I into thought the we first had on the week well. To be honest, I don't think that was a. Um, I thought everything was good in that front, that regard. I remember going to, um, I thought it might have been Wadey's house, somewhere we went to, and he had a, a video um, of highlights from the year in mm. slow-mo with, um, what's the opera singer, Sarah, someone, Time to Say Goodbye, that's um, that opera song, Sarah McLaughlin, is it? No, I don't want to. He's ringing a bell, but. Yeah, anyway, I, I clearly remember sitting there watching that going, Oh shit! There's a grand final here. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's the moment where I went, oh, like got real, real. Like it's real, because I, I mate, most of the time being back then, I was just sort of flying by the seat of my pants and just watching. And what are other guys doing? How do they prepare? And I always looked up to like you know, there's Mary and Wishing Brad McKay. I was sort of like, yeah, just what are they doing? And then like I just tried to enjoy the week and uh, yeah again but after it I saw the devastation that it that it had on the effect it had on them that was that was vivid that yeah. that after the game was vivid yeah yeah mate I hope your father-in-law got on you for first try because you were first try, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 55 bucks, I was paying. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did he get on? Uh, no, not my father-in-law didn't, but I know oh, a couple of A few people. others? A few other boys? A few others that did. Got, <laughs> got, yeah, I know a few people that had a good lash at it, so it got me a bit of, um, got me a few beers, that's for sure. Yeah, because he scored, what, the last try in the 2002, right? He, was that last? I think it might have been because no, you scored at 14-6. Did you make it 14-6 against Brisbane? Ah, uh, fourteen six, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that was, yeah, right. yeah, that was the last day. Mate, try, yeah. you, mate, people are you beers for like forever. <laughs> yeah, they must so have been cleaning up. First, now last the other, but um, no, nah, I, I know of a few people that did. Hey, eh? I was paying fifty five dollars. I can remember that. Wow, fifty five yeah. bucks. Yeah. That's an insult. Dive, to dive under a grubber, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate, those first two years, obviously, you dropped both grand finals. Mm-hmm. Like after the second one, especially because now you've moved to the Roosters and you're starting player as well, like. What's it like when you drop two? Do you think it's just going to be never again, or does it motivate you more to kind of get that that first one? Uh, yeah, like you're upset. I was still, still fortunate. Like again, I was twenty, twenty one, and ninety nine. I'm twenty two, so <laughs> you're still just getting used to playing first grade, let alone being in a grand final. But yeah, yeah. second one hurt, but um, I think. The most, the painful ones come, the most painful losses for myself come later. Mm. But that, that was, that, that Brisbane team in 2000, like we beat, do you remember the Newcastle semi we beat, uh, we come home in the second you half. Came back, right? Was yeah, it in yeah. Newcastle? No, nah, it was in Sydney Football team. You guys had some classic battles, but. Yeah, yeah, we did. So that, that was, that kind of was a, that was a huge win, like a really big win. And the Brisbane team, I don't know if you remember it, like if you stacked. They I was were, going to talk to Webby about they it. They were the best team in the comp. They were ridiculous. There's no way to hide. They had Petro, Webkey, Thorne, oh, Talis, and then they had Sailor and Takiri on the wings. Takiri, Lockyard, um, mate. They it's were, a power game yeah, just yeah, the whole way through. Exactly. I remember Luke Phillips still. Yeah. He got absolutely mate, battered in that cover game. Cover tackles, saving tries, and. I think I hit the crossbar from a sideline conversion at 14 Yeah, you did, yeah. If yep. I hit it, if I get that over at 14-8, look, I, I, I don't know if we're going to score it. I'd like to think we won't, but um, 
they were, they were the best team in the comp that year, Brisbane. They were ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Before we talk about other grand finals, how come? what was the thought process behind leaving St. George of the Warra? And then how come you, you picked the Roosters? Yeah, opportunity. Um, I, I I didn't sign with usually business start, business season opens in June now. Well, yeah, earlier, yeah. Sorry, but I didn't sign with the Roosters till four days after, three days after the grand final. Okay. So were they interested in you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd been. I was off contract clearly, and then, um, oh, just speaking frankly, it was just oh, I was kept asking what's going on. It was stalling, mm. taking too long, and then yeah. Got offered a one-year deal to prove myself again, and I just felt like that was understandable. I thought it wasn't understandable in my mind, but it was understandable why how it was getting played out. Yeah. And then I just felt like, you know what? I, I just the Roosters. The opportunity was really clear. It, it, it was you'll start, you'll play back row, and you'll kick goals. Versus, I'm not sure. We need you to prove yourself, and yeah. we've got other players ahead of you. Yep. So, in a footy sense, it was a footy decision. Like the the money definitely wasn't. It was better, but it wasn't huge. It was just in fewer in in pure footy terms. If you're told you're going to start play back row and kick goals for the Roosters in yeah. that lineup in the team we had, I thought that was better business than stay for a season, prove yourself. But there's oh, other, yeah, there's, sure. other, there's other guys ahead of you. Now, part like of course, I, I, in hindsight, would I could I have battled my way through staying? Um, yeah, sure, and that's what obviously what was they were trying to get me to do. Mm. Um, but then you would have missed the Roosters dynasty that you guys built as yeah, well. Yeah, so. yeah, I'd like business like footy sense footy sense it was the right call now but mm. still it's not easy like oh, i don't i don't i'm not bitter about it at all it was an opportunity that i got lucky with choosing the right team and an opportunity that for me was um still still paying dividends for me really yeah for sure did you know graham murray before you because he was at no, Laura. oh gus signed you. Gus signed. i met gus and bernie Gurr. okay yeah, three or four days after the GF, I signed with the Roosters at the Heathcote Inn. There you go. Yeah, I drove up with my manager and um, couple a, of schooners. Yeah, a couple of schooners. I was still stung to the eyeballs by the <laughs> celebrations. So I, uh, yeah, had a schooner with them, and yeah, I yeah, I just yeah, it was it was the right call, but um, just yeah, time. How long till you meet like Nick Politis and that sort of thing back then? Uh, they took me to a dinner after I'd signed. Okay. And then um, I remember they got, uh, went up to, you know, there used to be a seafood restaurant on Bondi Beach where we went, myself and Nick brought down um, Luke Rickardson, who I'd never met, Adrian okay. Lamb. And then I the met top those shelf guys. come out, mate. Yeah, the, nice guys, yeah. nice, yeah, nice food, yeah. nice, nice beer, nice wine. But then um, I remember uh, I went, where did I go? I went away surfing. I think I was in Samoa actually surfing. Okay. Yeah. Two things out. First thing was Brad Fittler rang me to say welcome to the club. I was like, oh, yeah, nice. yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, super, super, um, yeah, fanboy. I was stoked. And then next phone call was um, from a manager to say that Gus had quit. Oh, <laughs> so I was cool. like, wow. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, and then um, with Gus moving on, that's when Graham Murray came in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so then, obviously, 2001, you guys don't make the GF, but you're going to go three back to I – mean, you finally break through in 2002 mm-hmm. against the Warriors, which was great. You, John, it for yourself because you're Clive Churchill medalist mm-hmm. as well, mate. Like, there's no – I don't think there's a – do you think there's a higher honour, like being the best in a grand final? Um, it's, a, it's 
hard to argue with. Like, I don't know where. It's very hard to value. Because um, there's only one know, game a, a year. That's right. Know? It's, it's hard to value in an individual sense because, like, what's more important? Is it a uh, a season long award? Is it a, a one off award? But to yep. say that, the thing, I, the thing I'm probably most pr- like proud about that and some other awards are they're big game awards. Like, mm. if you've got the ability to play well in a big game, like, what do you do? It's simply put in a precious situation, you've got two choices. You either walk towards it or yeah. you walk away from it. And I felt like walking away from all of them, even a normal club game. But to know that in the biggest games, I felt like I played um, some of my better footy. So that and that, and I felt like I did well in the in the obviously the final sense like that. And then um, to play some, you know, obviously Origin and Test yeah. matches to, to play well in that that arena is probably. Um, individually super proud of that but then you're also proud of like the long-term ones with your clubs and stuff so it's hard mm. it's really hard to value eh? I don't know. it's a bit of a legacy sure. thing because sure. you've got what four kids is it four kids yeah. Yeah. yeah so then obviously eventually their kids and their kids because yeah. they'll always look at who won the clive kirk churchill medal like that yeah. first week in october when the grand finals on like when we're talking 100 years down the tracks and we're not going to be alive but you know yeah. Your your relos are going to oh, still be proud that the fact that, yeah. that you they know you you know like yeah definitely um it's again really hard to um really hard to wrap up in in a in a sentence for you yeah. and of course I'm immensely proud and then that time comes around every year like you're leading into grand finals and you see the pressure stakes rise and then that sort of obviously makes you remember the times that you had to, to get up and play and then obviously to come out the right end with that, it's huge. Yeah, huge, to, yeah. that grand final at 2002, just mm-hmm. speaking to Moz about it, you know, obviously his blood was boiling when Villa Santi yeah. went after Freddie. Yeah. Well, what was kind of your reaction to, to the, the big stuff happening to, to your captain? I felt like we were starting to... Um, because we'd always we played that style of foot, you know, that physical like line yeah. speed sort of group tackling and gang tackling. Moz was our our like spearhead, so Freddie was more or less Freddie's mentality. I remember was you, you guys. We, we just was really clear what we had to do to win footy games. Yep. Now we basically just had to. We all get our job done and we control the game. Freddie will take care of the, the the how much we win by and the score and whatever, and he just did it. Like it's so many games that year where mm. we just got our job done, he'd get us over the line. And that point then was just we we're starting to come back in the game physically, but then it went from starting to come back into the game physically to it's on, you know. So. um yeah, he set the tone, not only that game, but for a large portion of that year. Mm. Can you imagine now, but with the HIA rule, they would have rubbed him out. Like, Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. 100% yeah. they would have. Yeah, I'd never thought of that, but yeah, definitely. Well, he wasn't that, coming back to on. change Mate, it a got, different way it is. Yeah. yeah, he got rocked. Like, it was, was a big hit. He got rocked, and um, it's, yeah, it'll... It'll never be forgotten from Roosters um, fans and probably general rugby league fans as a huge moment in grand final yeah. uh, grand finals history. Is that tough? Like when you're doing that, because you do still do a lot of the, the running of the water, and because you have a look at players that have kind of been hit hard, and yep. you have to make an assessment, right? Is that really, like really difficult? Because I don't go there. Like I haven't done it for the last few years. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing it, there's. Like it's a really good experience to watch footy like again, mm. and the, I I tell you I don't know how, but every year it gets harder. It does. Like they are so powerful. I can imagine, the, the yeah. The noises and the impact 
the speed, the skill, it's improving. And um, you just, to be on the field, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I think they've, from now, I think they're, they're really trying to rub that, that trainers on the field off. The only okay. thing I would say is it's going to be hard if, on one hand, you want, on one hand, the fans want brutality and big hits and blood and guts and all that. But they don't want to train on the field to look after them. Exactly, like, and you need water like. on there to get so, them yeah, hydrated. Just water. Like I think they can reduce the roles of blue shirts for sure, yeah. which is I think they're looking into that. But the orange shirts, they're 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 they're, they're qualified medics. Yeah, they're not trainers. They're not they're not on the coaching staff. They're not. They are there for the sole purposes of player, player welfare. Player welfare. Yeah, they yeah. are player welfare. So I don't think it's safe to reduce the impact of those guys. And I think the. It's probably not even a talking point if Trav didn't get hit in the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if Alfie's not on the field for the, yeah, <laughs> the majority yeah. of the game. But on that, on that, yeah, again, fans are you see what you want to see, but I think Trav getting on the field, he shouldn't have. He got hit with the ball, but mate, Kieran, it wasn't his fault. Kieran nearly got his legs broken by the kick. Yeah. no one notices that. <laughs> looking at Trav getting hit with the ball, and everyone's blowing up over it being a scrum. It should have been a penalty to us. <laughs> <laughs> So. For sure. Now, after obviously the grand final win, you're winning the Churchill. You know, obviously mm-hmm. you're starting to get recognition in terms of Australia. You went on the tour that year, didn't you? Yeah. That would have been a huge honour to, to be finally like, you're still only in what, your fourth season of footy. Yeah. Now you've kind of played with Australia with the best of the best and tour. Yeah. How was that like? Awesome. Um, I'd never played. Uh, never played for Australia or New South Wales or any in any junior sense. So that's the first time I put it on. Yeah. Uh, put the jersey on. So it was. It was huge. It's only one off game. So we're just over in. We're over in Wellington for a week. Yeah. Um, but still, the recognition. Oh, yeah. Of ma- ma- your I season. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, just. You always always think of all the sessions and and being a slow starter that you just. Um, my old man always drummed him. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. I just used to mm. remember doing all these extra training sessions and always, always my own time trying to work harder and get fitter and, and whatever. And then it's almost like you have a moment where you go, well, well it was worth it. Yeah. You, know, you just have that yeah. real moment. Just to grand yourself. Grand final's right, worth yeah. it because of, but the grand final's so inclusive. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the grand final. Uh, and you got your teammates and all yeah, that sort of stuff too, yeah. man. It's so inclusive. You just want to, you want to grab your teammates. You want to get your family. You want to get it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what that feels like. Whereas you get selected, it's like, oh wow. So it's like a, I a actually did something. I've done something. Yeah, 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 yeah. How cool, man! So the next year, Origin debuts in Lang Park. Yeah, like yeah. for all of us that grew around, grew up around the same era. Like you remember back in like the early, the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. There was just that aura around Lang Park that it was nearly impossible for you guys to beat them up yeah. there, man. But you debuted at this place with just done your homework, man. Yeah, but that was um that was awesome. Like the roar of running on that field was because um, I well I was joking before that you just I was terrified game days. I just feel sick and tired. My, my nerves when I get tired, okay. I just want to lay down and go to sleep. It's, and, <laughs> I always joke with the guys. I'd be on the bus going to the game. I hope there's a bomb scare at the stadium so the game gets <laughs> off. Um, but that that ends that officially. The, like the warm up, you're still just caught in your own mind. You're in your own head, and it's not the fear of. I never had a fear of. Um, it wasn't a fear of mistakes or losing. It's more a fear of how the physical. Like if you imagine you're about to do something so damn hard, like mm. physically enduring, where you are gonna point put yourself to the point of complete exhaustion and you know it's coming. Yeah. You can't avoid it. You're walking to what that's the just, oh, that, that. It's actually funny. I was going to ask you because 
I think it was last year or the year before, I heard you on a podcast with the Rooster Radio Boys. Oh, yeah. And you'd been just chatting about the fear of, like, the fear of contact, yep. the fear of making a mistake, yep. and the fear of something else. And you're the first one that I've actually heard actually speak about, because I know a lot of people were scared of the collision, and obviously that's a huge yeah. thing psychologically, but just those three elements, you're the first yeah. person I've actually heard actually speak publicly yeah. about a different, like, fear. So Fear of exhaustion. Just, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's sorry. like I'm... I'm standing there going, well, I'm about to go on the field. I'm going to get hit hard a lot and it's going to hurt. And I'm going to be so tired you can barely breathe or think. It's like your mind sound feels like it's got symbols crashing through it and it's just yeah, like okay. so static in your mind. And, but um, I think my point was going to be when you run on the field, though, for the kickoff, that ends. Like the second you run down the tunnel and the crowd start, that's over. It just goes What straight. is it, like a light? Like I, don't just I don't know. I think, you just, I think you're, you're actually at the point where you're on. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like you have... No, I get it. Because sometimes before yeah. a podcast, like sometimes I get nervous. And then as soon as yeah. like the lights come on and we press play, like I'm a yeah. totally different person. I don't know what yeah, it right. is sometimes. But yeah, I don't know why I'm the same. I'd, just, I'd be sitting in the sheds and just distressed and whatever. I never reacted to it. I just always acted like I was okay. But yeah, yeah. I was swimming inside. But you run on the field, that's over. Done. So that Lang Park one, that roar is just unbelievable still one of the best roars i've heard what was the queensland like did you do the whole cactus uh, cactus Caxton? no not that one we didn't do it on that one okay did uh, you ever get on no. the bus going towards that nah, place not past the caxton in an origin no okay. i never did that one was there any shady queensland behavior before uh, a game go yeah yeah definitely oh, not shady but it's it's pretty brutal i've like, been up there you're up there for a little bit you know yeah. they don't just rock up game day and get out so just you're going down the street, you got a day off and you're going cruising down the street. Yeah. For sure. It's a full on, full on. Fitz, what's your best memory from Origin? Uh, first one, never played junior reps, anything like that. First one at, mm. um, first one at Lang Park. The, the moment for me is just being in the environment, the, the camps. The team, we had a good team. Like we, we had Joey, Brad, yeah, Fitler, Bedsy. Bedsy, mate, Timo. We had. Oh, is it cool you've all reunited? Yeah, too. yeah, it is. Yeah, we had uh, last weekend. We had Origin camp last weekend. Yeah, yeah. So there was um, oh, Ogre was in there. Myself, Ogre, um, yep. Bedsy, Freddie. Um, Such a good team. Yeah, yeah, really good. We so, Mason was there too, wasn't he? Yeah, Mason was in there. Um, Andrew Ryan, Hindy. Um, just good blokes. Yeah, and the, the back end of it, Kingy and that come in, and yeah. um, Gaz and Matty Coops and those sorts of guys. So yeah. we, had, we had a good team. Rolsey, Rolsey's in there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Bales. Yeah, yeah. Um, Simo, we're talking about Steve Simpson today, actually. Steve Simpson. Was Remember there. his grand final performance? I was watching, oh, they had a replay on yeah. against the Eels game. He monstered uh, them. Oh, like, man. yeah, guys rock. Where is he now? Is he uh, back in New York? I think he's just farming up at. Uh, is it broke? Is it? Is it? Is okay. Somewhere up there, he's got a farm up there. But he absolutely, he's a bit like Moz. You know, Moz is like just this fearsome, mm. rock hard, but absolute gentleman. Simo's like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Moz is one of the nicest people you ever meet. Yeah, yeah. So um, Simo's the same. Okay. Yeah. But it's back to the whole the coaching. Like, it's amazing how you've all come back together. Like, because you guys are, you were like, because Freddie, Joey, yourself, Betsy, like that was a really key ingredient for New South Wales winning in those early 2000s and now for you guys to pass on the knowledge and I think that's a big kind of advantage that you guys have, have brought towards in the last couple of years the fact that you guys have been there and done it yeah possibly you hope so I think it's um, uh, 
it's different to club footy. It just is. Um, mm. Having only only X amount of time to prepare, uh, like as in real content footy-wise. So you've got to get a simple plan. You've got to fixate on how you're going to play. It's got to be quick. It's got to be simple yep. and clear. Simple defense principles, but uh, the rest of it's attack and character and, and um, yeah. attitude, efforts, and, and understanding. And those those super high – Freddie's really good at it. He's really good at identifying, like, there's, there's – Key attributes and character traits you got to have to perform at that level, and yep. and you know your Bedsies and Joeys and um, those guys around that they're they're huge on under- identifying moments, origin moments. Sometimes yeah, they're okay. hard to keep up with because they're seeing it before you, but um, they're uh, they're super knowledgeable at that what wins those particular footy games because they are different. Yeah, how cool yeah. is that, Bedsy? Took me for a tour through the the new complex. How cool oh, yeah. is that tunnel, mate? Unreal. Walking out there before we got, we got to walk out there with the players. Mm. So they had the um, um, Enter Sandman, the Metallica. Oh, song, really? Blaring through the yeah, tunnel, yeah. and just as the boys got to the end, so they're they fired that, up. Yeah, they're fired up for sure. As soon as they get to the end, they hit that like start hitting the the riffs, and boys come out the tunnel and Blatchy's Blues. Just yeah, it's, it was a to walk around the edge of the field of that it was yeah. Could even just like to warm up on the full size field, just little advantages yeah. that you guys yeah. just brought in. Like that, that yeah. complex is so amazing. Yeah, and the support now, like the support of um, New South Wales Rugby League hmm. and support of the Blues fans, support of the public, like it's where it's on. Like yeah. this, this origin thing's on, you know. And Queensland have been so good at it for so long, and and but it's just it. It, it's like uh, I was saying before, the, the standard of the footy goes up every year. Yep. This origin beast is just growing <laughs> legs, eh? Hey, yeah, I can wait till Queensland build yeah. their little centre next to Link Park. They'll do something for sure. Yeah, but the, it, it's and that's the that's that's why it's the it's the pinnacle of Australian sport. It is. It it's is. great, fantastic. So to be part of it, like I'm again, I can't can't tell you how lucky I am. Yeah. Yeah. Just to wrap things up. You know, you took over from captaincy from Luke Rickardson. I think he was mm-hmm. 06 or 07 when he retired, was it? Uh, I think he finished five. You know when you talked about kind of like there was a couple of years that, you know, you were just focusing on stats. Yep. Like how difficult is it to go from, you know, you were a senior player but you're in the leadership yep. group, but then having to take the responsibility of being the actual captain, yep. does that change you as a player? Yeah, well, that's right. I, my, I struggled with it early on because you – like I can look back now and go, I'm pretty honest about. Um, I never thought I was that good anyway, right? So then I got this captaincy, and then I just felt like there, there was a leadership vacuum for mm. sure in the team, and that that left really quickly. So I was on my own a little bit, and then Braith was young but had leadership obviously skills. I think Ash Harrison come that year too. It's a bit of a vacuum leadership wise, so yeah, I, I took that. Um, I took that on, but what I don't, what I didn't understand was I didn't understand people didn't think like me. Yeah. Do you know? So when you, because like really now, like if you look at the development between 2006 and now 2020 on, on um, profiling and character development and leadership and yeah, um, the ability to to connect and get a team together and all that, like it's mm. just changed a lot. There's a lot more information. Yeah, for so sure. I just, you know what? I didn't, I didn't think I knew. I don't think I knew myself. So I just, I just, I was just going like, "What are you doing?" If, if they didn't do something like I didn't think, yeah. I, and I, I just didn't get it right. I didn't get it right at all. So you didn't really enjoy it then. 
I loved it. Oh, yeah. did you actually like I, I, having I loved this? It. I, I felt authority. like I loved it. We weren't winning. We didn't. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't go that well. Yeah, yeah. But um, as a as a, I, I can look back. You know, they say you got to have you learn more from but like the two years, back, yeah, the two yeah. worst years I had with those two years. But I wouldn't have got back into rep footy in two thousand eight and 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 play some good footy in two thousand eight if it wasn't for those years. Because mm, you got to realise your faults, right? And then you yeah, fix them. I was I was close to get. I think they were close to. Um, I'm sure they would have sent me off if I didn't. Yeah. Um, if I didn't come up with something in 2008, I reckon I was gone. I reckon, well, probably 2007. I reckon if I didn't come up with something by the back end of that year, um, and yeah, back end of that year, I had a real bad ankle in 2006 as well, so yep. it wasn't training. Um, needed needed a significant surgery on it. Okay. And I just played through it without. Um, sort of preparing properly. So, again, just what my answer to that was, we'll just work harder and go harder and go harder. Mm. But it was all very insular, very selfish style of footy and that's a, that sort of crap really. And then sort of Jerry to back end of 2007 come out of it and then 2008 was fuck, one of the better years I had. Yeah. Now, the back end of your career, you move over to Hull. Yeah. Now, mate, everything I hear about Hull, some people used to call it it's like the worst city on the world. Like, what was Hull like? Well, uh, two of the most enjoyable years of my career. Yeah. Yeah. I like Absolutely. the Super League. Super League's yeah. so cool, I reckon. Unreal. So, if you um, – my, my dad played for whole KR. Oh, did he? So, he was the one. He said, listen, just – because I'd, I'd organised um, – when I'd finished, I was going to work with the Roosters, right? I didn't know what capacity or how that was going to look, but yeah. we'd sort of figured something out with um, with with the Roosters. So, I needed to get away. The things were going poorly. Mm. I, I, I needed to get away from the Roosters. They needed to get me out, I think, to move on and change um, what they were doing there. And then, so I just made the decision to go. Uh, and then it was, yeah, you know, absolutely. My wife had moved back there tomorrow if I Would she? Yeah, she, we just loved it. We lived on a farm. We're about half an hour out of Hull. Okay. Lived on just an old farm, a converted barn. It's just for life. How do you find a converted barn? Oh, I just, yeah, there's like on a big, um, on a big property. And yeah. then they just had these three barns that were converted into just rentable spaces. Okay. It was awesome. The kids yeah, loved it. Had another kid while we were over there. Yep. But the, I think the thing that made it so enjoyable was, right, I, I knew I was going for, um, I was at the end of my career. Mm. And I, I was, I know that over the history of recruits that go there, if they go there for the, wrong intentions if you go there just to get money and get out and it wasn't huge money either because the sort of the remember the old offshore oh because the super league changed yeah, 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 it didn't that. get as financial backing as before yeah, it was yeah. yeah and you couldn't put any money offshore and all that so i didn't get heaps of money or anything like that i just went for an experience i want to play mm. i want to go and play footy and finish off i want to put a full stop on whatever i'd left and empty, yeah. empty the tank a bit did you get the travel much i did a bit yeah, yeah. i didn't come home in the um Gap of the two years, me and, okay. me and Mark, man, Ogre, because he signed at the same time. Yeah, yeah. We went most uh, most of the recruits go after Christmas. We went before, so okay. we went we yeah, went yeah. start of November. So what Christmas? Yeah, trained before Christmas over there. Yeah, played the first year, had a second year, but stayed over there the whole time. Unreal, like just a un- great great experience. Yeah, my best mate's just moved over there to London too for oh, work, yeah. and yeah, he's loving it. He's having a ball. Yeah. We go over for the World Club Challenge in a few weeks, so. And the same time, you got yeah. now because you were at Hull, you, people you can catch up with. Yeah, we actually got to go to um, got to go to a fundraiser for Mossy Masui. Who oh yeah, I saw that. So yeah, he was playing for Hull KR, so we actually got 
In between one of our sessions, I think myself, Robbo, and um, Boyd Cordner are going to duck Did you see out. how strange that tackle was? Like, no, I haven't seen it, no. Yeah, I saw it just recently. Like, really? it doesn't look like anything's even, like, happened. I think what happens, I think the guy's head must hit his head in some just real, just a split second. And yeah, right. That's done it because it's not it's not like a Alex McKinnon sort of style getting yeah, dumped on. He yeah, was in okay. defense when he actually no. did it, so... It's very, very sad. So, but I think there's some good news. I think he's he's got some feeling or something in his legs or something. Yeah, by so, report. So, um, so fingers crossed. He's, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I hope he's okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, Fitz. A couple of just personality ones. So, oh, no, well, a couple of just quick ones to finish off. Mm-hmm. First one. It's a bit of favorite time. So, in terms of a favorite, in your, your first thing that comes to your head, did you have a favorite goal and a favorite try? Favorite, or maybe significant, yeah, maybe for a goal. Uh, significant goal uh, was first year at um, first year at the Roosters. Mm. Um, Tony Butterfield smashed me. You know, uh, I was falling. I was. I got hit low and I was falling. He stiff arm. He smashed me. Actually, fractured me jaw on there. Oh God! And um, stayed on. I had to kick a goal from out wide to win the game. Yeah, I kicked that goal. That's the most memorable goal. And Try, oh, a try would easy, easy one for me was an intercept in the semis in 2002. Ran 90 meters, Ran, yeah, that, that was easy for me. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. like kicking from the tight, like the sideline the most? Is Not that- after running that one, <laughs> <laughs> no, just fatigue. Yeah, I missed the missed the missed a large portion of kicks through fatigue, of course, where, yeah, um. Yeah, you know, simply put, your technique. If you're tired, you sit down on your hips, and I used to just hook them when I'm just too tired. So, but it was also a good. It was actually a good mindfulness thing where you to actually get myself back in the game. Like if you're fatigued, you got to yeah. put the ball in. You got to concentrate. Oh, for sure. So it'd actually be quite a a leveling experience if that makes sense. Yeah. I just go back straight back to process, and then by the time I kick the goal, I'm sweet. Yeah. Another legacy thing, but the highest point scoring forward of all time as well for a while. Cameron's got that now. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, does he count? Cameron he's a hooker. He he's he's yeah, not a forward. So I texted him after he won, Cameron, and said, mate, do you need, like, how many awards do you need? Did you say there's an yeah. asterisk on it? Yeah, I just, uh, we just didn't do him about. So, mate, you win everything. Just leave something alone with you. <laughs> but um, I remember uh, I remember when I got it, Dave Ferner rang me because he was the previous before, idol. I thought yeah, that yeah. was a real. Um, he was a gun. Yeah, real, real nice thing. I didn't have, at that time, hadn't had anything to do with fans. I ended up being an assistant with the Aussies with him later okay. on, but I hadn't had anything to do with him. So I thought that was a real good uh, character trait for him to take the time to call me and congratulate yeah, sure. me. So I did the same with Cameron. And he would have been kicking off the sand too. Yeah. And he didn't even put it down like you did. No, like no, he would have been straight, straight, straight up, up. Around the corner, but straight up. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. All right, next one. Away from kind of the SFS, did you have a favourite venue that you like to play? Ooh. Yeah, win. Oh, home. Your home, obviously, home. Uh, win Stadium. Yeah. Oh, who, who Does a day home? or night game like make a difference? Like, did you like? Did you have a preference? No, nah, not, not massively. No. Even with no. the nerves, did you kind of want to get to the game? Like, uh, the the night games. You sit. You know that. That's a the, long time. Yeah, I remember hanging. Yeah. So I, I, I would have to say I must have preferred. I must have preferred um, day games. So I wasn't stressed all <laughs> night. Uh, Mate, over time, because obviously it's changed a lot as well from because you guys were kind of like the first real professional guys that it came through because the game only went professional kind of like in 95, 96 and then yep. Super League. In your time training, because it's a lot different to what it is now, like did you kind of have someone with the best rig 
and the worst rig? Oh, best best rig. Like we had, God, we had Mini, Rico, and Wingy in yeah, the same team. Like, the male models. Yeah, I know. You want to see physiques on the guys, but Mini's um, Mini's athleticism and and physique is still incredible. Yeah. Um, Even his comeback, like the way he just changed his diet, just yeah, all the training, yeah, that was pretty incredible yeah, as well. Actually, I should should mention that. And that when I was talking about those bad years, that's. One way we dug ourselves out of trouble because he had back injuries. I don't mm. know if you remember that. He yeah, was, he was for about three or four years. So right. I'm talking about that leadership vacuum. That was largely due to him being busted the whole time as well. Yeah. So um, he, him, and myself started researching a lot um, on nutrition and, okay. and things like that. That yeah, was yeah. instrumental in getting myself back together. Like well, you had longevity too, mate. What was it? Uh, Fourteen yeah. years? Was it? Yeah. Fifteen years. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was that was huge for us, and man, many went on, on a bit of a journey there together. Where he he had to overcome some of the stuff he overcome was like he's mm. a good story. That guy, I think he's been on. The yeah, he's been on the pod. Yeah, yeah, he was he was great. Like yeah. even just talking away from footy, like all yeah. the different things that he's learned about his body, yeah, so was incredible. Yeah, he's um yeah we went on a bit of a path there together, researching that. That was yeah. that was a big that was a turning point. In the rest of my career anyway. Okay, any sloppy rigs, mate? That you want to call out? Ah, uh, I wouldn't do it to them. They're obviously self-conscious about it. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't put them on show. It's probably mine at some point or another. But anyway. You probably can't get any sloppy rigs now with all the boys. No, mate, some of these right. front rowers look like... God, mate, even if it Jesus. is... Even if it is a sloppy rig, it's not that bad. No, not but they, bad they train their absolute house down They go hard. Um, Who's the best trainer at the Roosters at the moment? Oh... Is there any standout freaks? You don't, you don't any, say best trainer. Is there a freak just... Athletically, There's freak just athletes, gifted. Yeah. For sure. I, I, over time, like, I think I've just got such a bank of respect for the guys I spent most time with now. This and their yeah. resilience and, like, friendly and. Do you jump in any sessions? Like, any of the nah, physical stuff? No way. I just get hurt. Um, do the boys, like, the coaching staff, do you guys train together? No. Nah, we'll have a session down in the gym, muck around me and King might get in there and have a okay. training session and yep. whatever. But, um, Nate's been. Doing a little bit of that, but not. You're still looking field. fit, mate. Must be the surfing, right? Yeah, still surfing. I still train. I try and do as much as I can and surf and whatever. But yeah. I'm definitely not getting. I'm not getting tackled by anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> no opposed sessions. I'm not uh, filling in. Freak trainers. I got to say, like friend, like friendy, friendy in a sheer. Oh, what joke at work? He's the toughest, toughest man alive. Friendy. Yeah, because um, he's only small too. Yeah, right? Small. Jared over, um, over just a relentless. Physical nature to training, yep. like the if He's, a standard nineteen was incredible, yeah, wasn't it? Like, if the standard training's going slow or soft, he changes it real quick. Hmm. Orbo in a resilient sense, just ability to keep going and keep training and just um, keep turning up. So hmm. those those guys that have been there for a long time, but I shouldn't single anyone out because then I feel like it'd be um, oh, I'd like to wrap all of them Everyone, if you had enough time, yep. especially yeah. this time of year when oh, you're absolutely belting them. I do. I, I, I admire. I tell them. I tell them. I admire and respect all of them for what the, what we put them through and what they come out. They, yeah. They are. It's hard not to have admiration when you see what what they're what they're getting through. Mm, absolutely. Mm. All right, Fitzy. Final question. Just my yeah. dinner party question. Now I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. You got five invites to a private dinner party. Yeah. Now only rules. No family or friends, mm-hmm. but you can invite anyone, dead or alive. Who are the five people you'd like to invite to dinner? Uh it is on the spot. Eh? Uh, Ben, and you'd know this in the podcast room. I'd invite Rogan to yeah. host the party. Okay. He'd be the MC. He'd be a good MC, mate. He'd be the MC. I reckon he'd get everyone um, everyone going. Which, which podcast do you enjoy of his the most? Of his? Oh. Like, is it kind of out of the blue? Like, 
I know yeah, he gets sometimes. a lot of flies. Yeah. You know, sometimes he gets like an astronaut or a bloody yeah. astrophysicist or whatever. You know the bloody what, out of the blue, I remember just sort of going through, and sometimes you, you I'll listen, I'm in the car for three hours a day, you sort of yeah. get through quite a few and different ones, but I remember, is it Graham Hancock, the guy that did the, um, oh, yes. he's written um, yeah, yeah. Fingerprints of the Earth yep. or something like that, a couple of books. He does all the ancient Yep. Is that the one? Ancient civilizations, yeah, the yeah Egyptians yeah, and all yeah. that sort of so stuff. Yeah, I'd yeah. never, uh, I, I've got, I'm clueless as to what that's all about. That stuff, yeah. And I just remember saying, "Go, oh, like you know how you have a male, yeah. you go, I feel so naive as to what's really going on with the people. Like, 100%. I know the pyramids are there, but I've never looked into them. I've never watched movies on them. I've never studied them or anything like that. Yeah. And you have a guy like that that comes out of left field podcast, and that's enjoyable. Then, mate, the next one's like a. You know, it might be an MMA fighter. It could be. Yeah. Yes, they jump so much, but some of them, some of them, you get a bit bored. Do you like the UFC? Love it. Yeah, love it. Who's your Who's your favourite in the moment? Um, I like the grappling exchanges. Oh, you actually yeah, do I like, like the I grappling. Like, I, do, I don't mind that, but I, I would say in, in the the thing I like is styles. I don't like a particular fighter. You just like styles. But see, yeah. you can get a fight out of the blue where um, you're not expecting it. Like that that style bender and Gastelum fight. Um, that was a that classic. Was That's like, yeah. He's and just got those angles that yeah. he works at, Stylebender. Yeah. Like, he's just an incredible freak, isn't he? Yeah. With, with even like that left hook hit, Rob he's with. Matrix, man. Like, just. Incredible, him. man. Volkanovski, like, that was good. That's yeah, a good, that's a good win. Um, I want to back the Aussies. Now, I remember with the first Robert Whitaker win, I thought that was. that's Well, against Romero. How good is the Stylebender versus Romero going to be? Yeah, yeah. Um, Did you see Volkanovski you down. Down at the well, south he's a, coast. He's much? a footy player. No, I don't see him. Um, he's a he's out real away, Windang way, I think. Okay. Um, but uh, he used to play. I don't know. I think it was Rilla. I think he played for. Rilla. Yeah, for like group, whatever yeah. it is down there. Group seven. Group seven. Group seven. Yeah, yeah. or Rilla, group eight. Rilla's one of those two. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see Australians coming good in that regard. Yeah, man. Um, so two champions in the last that, year. And that so first, good. that first Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero fight when he did, when his, did his knee, just because you, you understand injuries, you know, when you get hurt so much in your career. So yeah. I don't know how a guy, uh, how he comes out, does that yep. such big damage in that early. Well, that's the fight. thing with Romero; you're just going to take so much off your life. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like you do your knee in your first one, Rob breaks his hand in the second. You, one, you, huh? you got Stolbender, or yeah, uh, I think Stolbender. He's just. Just got so many skills, but in terms of like the same thing, like who's the opponent's going to take like the gas out of you? Like Rob's yeah. never been. Rob has hardly fought since he beat Romero, and the nah. first he hasn't ever got. He's got. He hasn't got a choice but to fight. Like realistically, he should have had a fight. If you're a boxer, he could have had a tune up. He was going to fight Kennedy, wasn't he? Well, yeah, but, yeah, but he should have really had a tune up before they put him in against Stylebender. But with the UFC, they don't care that you've been out. If you're the champion, you've got to defend nah. that belt. Yeah, it's not like in boxing when you can you can decide kind of until yeah. you, you're mandatory. Yes. You can probably have two fights in between that aren't on the same caliber as that first level. You yeah, know? and he was he was out for two years by the time he came back because he had to pull out. Oh, I think, put pulled out Rockhold, three fights. Yeah. he was supposed to fight Rockhold, wasn't he? And he was supposed Rockhold to fight Rockhold. Gus, fought, Gaslam was no well. Romero. He was supposed to fight Romero. And then- no Rockhold. Rockhold in Perth. Yeah. He pulled out of that one, and then Gaslam in Melbourne. He pulled out the night oh, before. Yeah. So by the time that whole time period happened, it was nearly two years before yeah, right. he fought again. Yeah, it's a tough ass. Like, how many, how many of those battles can you have in your life? I know. Yeah. Um, Who would you like to see McGregor fight? Um, uh, Masvidal, I yeah. think. I got I think to interview Masvidal. him a few weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's such a down-to-earth sort yeah, of fellow, too. Yeah, he's a dude, huh? Yeah. Um, no, I think Masvidal just uh, could be... I'm a bit with... Um, you listen to some of those podcasts. Like, I was listening to Shorb yeah. and, and Rogan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
I agree with that. Like, if just it's just an assumption. Ferguson's going to get dusted by Khabib. He, he might. Like, he's yeah. how do you say Khabib's not the favourite after? Yeah, he's, he's definitely the favourite, but so Ferguson's sure. got a chance. Yeah. So, and the theory is like Connor wants to have three fights this year. Yeah. So, if uh, Khabib fights Ferguson, mm. gets he's going to have to have X amount of time off after that. Yeah. Then there's Ramadan. Then there's X amount of time off that. So it, at, they're saying at, at best, even if he does fight Khabib, it's not going to be the end of the year. So what's he going to do in the meantime? Then True. He may as well fight Masvidal. Masvidal. Or, and I think at 170, I think yeah. Masvidal is probably the best size for him because some yeah. of those guys are I'd say enormous. Size, yeah, Gaethje as well. Yeah, Gaethje size-wise and, yep. and style-wise, yeah, right. you would say, just because he's not going to wrestle, he's going to leg kick. Strike because so, you probably yeah. need probably the sound least. like an expert. Yeah, no, you do. <laughs> hey, you probably need uh, someone the least likely to beat him too, right? Because you probably if you chuck him in Masvidal, it's a 50-50 fight. Probably Gaethje, Lottery. probably seventy thirty in Connor's sort yeah. of favor, I reckon. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you do you watch the weigh-ins and that? Like you can yeah, really from time see to time. the toll eh, I reckon on how skinny they get. I don't think like, he looked. He looked great. Yeah, didn't he? What's his walking weight? So yeah, okay. So I don't. Most of the stuff I'm saying now is. I'm just regurgitating what <laughs> I've heard other people say, but I, uh, I, I'd like to see him fight Masvidal as a huge event, like yeah. as a BMF build or whatever. He's going to fight Diaz again. They're definitely going to do a trilogy. Oh, for sure, it's, it's worth. That. So he's got money. his whatever yeah. it is. He's got his send off. So you'd think if he can get through Masvidal, might be a stalling fight or Gaethje, mm. and then wait for the winner of Khabib and Tony. That's I think that that's, would be the money. I think you're spot on, mate. Yeah. You might get a start on Joe Rogan or, uh-huh. or blow no, the I belt, mate. It. I doubt it. But um, I, I listen. I, I love it so much. I, I'm in the car. I'm always like listening to podcasts or research. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Fitz, really appreciate you joining your show. You've got so much going on. You know, you've got the World Cup Challenge. Good luck for that. Thanks, mate. Nines, good luck for that. Trying to three-peat, which will be incredible. Good luck for that, mate, unless the Sharky's going to smash you. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, all the best, and I really appreciate you giving me time this afternoon. No it's been awesome, bud. Thanks for having me, Tristan. Cheers, awesome. Man. And that, guys, was Craig Fitzgibbon. Big shout-out for Fitzy for coming on the show, and all the best of luck, Fitz, for the Roosters, or their attempt to do a three-peat, if anyone's going to do it. It's probably going to be the Roosters, but good luck to the Roosters and all the, the 15 other NRL clubs. It's going to be an absolutely stellar season. I can't wait for it all to kick off on Thursday. So if you want to have a yarn, definitely reach out. Tristan at talkingwithtk.com. Whether it's guest requests or if you want to have a yarn about the footy, I'm always up for that. So definitely get in touch via the email or direct message me on the Facebook, Twitter, or Insta. Well, those two I'm at Talking With TK. Instagram, it's Tristan Nell. So definitely hit me up. Definitely, if you can, continue to share the show with your fa- your family and friends. Let them know about the show, whether it's in word of mouth or an Instagram story, Facebook post, anything like that. Tag me in it. I'd love to see where you guys are listening to the show and your favorite ones. So definitely keep tagging me in anything that you share. All right, guys. Next week on the show, a West Tigers legend in Pat Richards, or you can also just call him a, a Wigan Warriors legend. He had quite the career across the NRL and the English Super League. It's got quite the story too, so I can't wait to bring you that one next Monday. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Stay safe. I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking with TK.